Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the season two finale of Your Money in the Middle podcast. We thank you for tuning in with us. We also thank our special guests who have been with us throughout this season. We hope that you will enjoy this finale, and we hope that you learn a lot and that you have been inspired to do more with what you have. So let's jump right in. As is customary, we're going to start this week off with a proverb. This week's is, a sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. You know, when I think about uh, all that's going on in our society nowadays, you know, it, it could, one could surmise that we all want something for nothing. And you can gather that by the amount of scams or get rich quick schemes, etc., that seem to always be prevalent in our marketplace, right? You know, there's always a scammer somewhere that's ready to take full advantage of someone who is looking for something for nothing. So I think that it's very important for us to really uh, understand how uh, being diligent and unrelenting in our work and in what we do really helps to separate us from the competition. Well, We have quite the show for you because there have been quite a few things that have been going on in the marketplace lately, um, as well as, you know, just in the world in general, right? We know that the Ukraine war still rages on, inflation continues to uh, be the highest that it's ever been in, um, you know, in a, in a few decades, right? We know that interest rates have increased um, on a federal level, but uh, more importantly than that, because they're still pretty low on the federal level, but the mortgage interest rates have increased to a record high uh, that it's been in, uh, I think one study said, 60 years. Uh, And on top of all that, there are impending food shortages or there are perceived impending food shortages and uh, baby formula shortages, which is that, in my opinion, is just insane. I think that the baby formula shortage is probably one of the most absurd things that I've seen or heard in my uh, many years of being on this planet. Because there were literally programs and systems designed and set up specifically to help folks to get food and resources to take care of their children, like WIC and SNAP and, you know, food stamps and, you know, 
all those different types of programs and things. You know, so the idea of a food shortage is really kind of, you know, that not a food shortage, an idea of a baby formula shortage really kind of throws me off a little bit. And I think it's important to kind of go over why uh, we may be seeing some of the shortages that we that we have, you know, talk a little bit more about inflation, you know, who's responsible, uh, what you can do about it, you know, what are some practical things that you can you can do to kind of offset this in your life um, because times are, are, are really unprecedented for this generation and it's you know it's paramount that I make the distinction for this generation because every generation has seen their share of challenges every generation has seen their share of issues or every generation has also seen their share of of ups and downs, right? So, uh, if you live long enough, you know we find that nothing. There's nothing new under the sun. The only thing new under the sun are the people who are dealing with the current, um, the current things happening in our world. When the Federal Reserve, or when uh, the government, is looking for a way to infuse capital into a specific community or into the economy, if you will, uh, there's a, a number of complex things that happen, right? You, you, and we can talk detail. I may do a class on this specifically, but, you know, because there's obviously more steps in between Fed putting money in banks banks lending money, right? There are uh, purchases of the securities or the investments or uh, the the treasury notes that occurs on a Federal Reserve level through the uh, uh, open markets, through an open markets operation or, you know, done by the Federal Reserve or the Federal Open Markets Committee, right? But I think that it's... uh, when we start to talk about inflation, right, and we start to point the finger directly at who's responsible, um, we got to think about what's being calculated for inflation, right? And one of the things that we have to look at is what what does inflation actually mean? The economic definition of inflation is, in layman's terms, a general increase in prices and a fall in purchasing value of money. Right? The the general increase in prices and the fall in the purchasing value of money. Right? Well, who determines what the purchasing value of money is, right? I'm sure that it's not you, Mr. Employee, who goes to work every day uh, looking for a, quote, living wage. You don't determine how valuable your money is. You don't determine how valuable gas is, right? Because at one point, I remember... 
I'm old enough to remember when gas was 99 cents a gallon. Granted, I was a kid during that time, but I am old enough to remember it. I remember where you could scrape $5 and go to the gas station and get a full tank of gas, right? So I'm, I'm old enough to remember those things. And, but, you, you know, as a consumer, you don't determine the value of your money. The market does, right? So I thought that this was very interesting, right? The money that we know as currency or dollars, it's, uh, it is economically known as fiat money, right? Um, and the, the question was asked, why is fiat money valuable? Here's the answer. In contrast to commodity-based money like gold, coins, or paper bills redeemable for precious metals, fiat money is backed by the full faith and trust, check this out, in the government that issued it. uh, Let me say that again. In contrast to commodity-based money like gold coins, paper bills, redeemable for precious metals, fiat money is backed, I missed the word, entirely, 100%, by the full faith and trust in the government that issued it, right? So the U.S. dollar is backed solely by faith and trust and the U.S. government, which issued that money and said, hey, you know, we have the strongest economy in the world. We've got the strongest military in the world. And so our money is the the top money in the world. Right. Which is why, you know, when you're trading currencies, um, some places you're able to get more of their money for U.S. dollar and, you know, uh, or vice versa, or less of, of our U.S. dollars for their money, right? Or in some places where, you know, like Great Britain, where the U.S. dollar generally trades low against the Great Britain pound, right? Or the euro, but we're not going to talk about that. This is not a conspiracy podcast, and this is also not a political podcast, right? But we're talking about who is responsible, not who's to blame, who is responsible? And the answer to that is really twofold, right? The primary answer to who's responsible for inflation or who should take responsibility for inflation is the government, right? The government who issued the money, the government who regulates the money and the government who regulates the circulation of the money, right? Hence, as soon as inflation starts to rear its ugly head, the Federal Reserve or the Federal Open Markets Committee, they come in and say, hey, we've got to do something about inflation. What do we need to do? We need to slow down the stimulus of the economy. How do we do that? We stop purchasing certain securities. We increase interest rates so that money is not 
as cheap or as easy to get to borrow because all of our economy, all of our money in our economy is generally generated through loans. What not that you specifically took a loan, but somebody took a loan that resulted in you receiving capital, right? And with that being the case, the principal person to take or the person or entity, right, to take responsibility for inflation is the government who issued and regulates the currency. Right. Now, that said, there is a secondary responsibility uh, or secondary uh, or honorable mention responsibility on we the people. Well, Ron, you just said that it's not the consumer who is responsible for inflation. That's right. The consumer is not responsible directly for inflation. Um, because the consumer doesn't regulate monetary policy. However, we all agreed that this monetary system is the monetary system that we will ascribe to for the sake of purchasing goods and services. What does that mean? Well, there was a time in history where there were there was no central currency. There was no uh, this is the money that we use, right? Um, people traded and bartered for the things that they wanted. Okay, you know, if you if you had you know some chickens and you you were able to produce eggs, someone would effectively find something else to trade you to get your resource, right? So because we all agree to this monetary system, that is why there is an honorable mention responsibility on what is going on. One percent of the people in the general population have the overwhelming amount of money and one tenth of that one percent has almost all of that. Right. So I think it's like the richest hundred people in the world have as much money as the bottom two and a half billion right it's something like a natural law and we can we'll talk about that more but imagine what happens when you play monopoly you've all played monopoly what happens when you play monopoly one person ends up with all the money all right then you play another game of monopoly what happens one person ends up with all the money it's actually the inevitable consequence of multiple trades that are conducted randomly so if you take a thousand people and you get them to play a trading game you, get, you each give them $100, say, or $10, and they have to trade with another person by flipping a coin. I, I win the coin toss, you give me a dollar, you win, I give you a dollar. If we all play that long enough, one person will end up with all the money and everyone else will end up with zero. So it's a deeply built feature of systems of creative production, and no one really knows what to do about it, because, of course, the danger is, is that all the resources get funneled to a tiny minority of people at the top, and a huge section of the population stacks up at zero. So I saw a video that um, it was of an elected official, let's call it that because it's not a political podcast, stating that, you know, the cause of the inflation, etc., that we're seeing has nothing to do with the government printing money. Has, it, all, it has all to do with, you know, the Ukraine-Russia war, 
yada, yada, yada. Well, that would be an okay statement to make for folks, two folks who don't know how our monetary system or monetary policy works, right? And the reason that you have to make that distinction is that when you understand how our monetary system works, and as well as the fundamental principles of supply and demand, uh, you will understand that inflation itself is a direct byproduct of so-called government spending. The key being that it is the federal government that regulates all currency, right? It is the federal government that creates money, um, and it is the federal government that regulates money. In fact, if you decided today that you were going to create your own money, well, not today, right? If you decided that you were going to print your own U.S. dollars, let's put it that way, because uh, effectively that's what cryptocurrency was. Folks decided to decentralize the currency and create money so that everyday people would have more control over their finances, right? But I, I'll digress from that because that's, you know, getting into season three. Um, but if you decided that you were going to counterfeit or make your own U.S. dollar and use it as legal tender, you'd be arrested. And you'd go to Club Fed, well, and your, your hope would be to go to Club Fed. And that's if you, you know, who you know, right? But you get arrested for a very long time, right? So, you know, it, it, the, the idea that inflation or anything that has to do with monetary uh, movement within the United States is some sort, some, some way um, an external problem or an issue with uh, what's going on in the world and in our trade systems is just completely false, right? However, we live in a society today where folks are so left or so right that, you know, uh, independent thought or proper research on a particular matter kind of goes undone and, un- and unthought of, right? So let's get back to the point that I was making, right? Inflation is directly related to monetary policy and government spending. We talked a little bit about on previous episodes about um, uh, Fed tapering. We talked about uh, inflation. We talked about increasing interest rates and why that was necessary to slow inflation, right? The, you know, these are all strategies created to, um, these are all strategies that were created to regulate the circulation of capital and cash 
into our monetary system so that, you know, we, the workforce, right? Because uh, the dollar is now backed by labor, not gold. So we, the workforce that prop up the value of our currency um, are able to buy and sell based on the system that we agreed upon, which is the current monetary system. So now that we know who's responsible, let's discuss a little bit how our monetary system works, right? When you think about it, it's actually really fascinating, right? Because for most folks, we think we go to work, we earn money, we use that money that we've earned to buy goods and services, you know, for trade, etc. And that's how the money works, or that's how it was, you know, and that's what makes our monetary system work. But in honesty, in honest, in all honesty, excuse me, that's only an outcome of our monetary system. You know, thanks to Alexander Hamilton and, you know, his foresight to make the the country credit rich, if you will, our monetary system works very differently than you may imagine. So how does it work, you might ask? Well, the Fed or the Federal Reserve, more endearingly known as the Fed, creates money by purchasing securities on the open market and the corresponding funds and and by adding funds or, you know, adding those corresponding funds uh, to bank reserves of commercial banks. Let me let me let me say that again. The Federal Reserve creates money by purchasing securities on the open market and adding money or adding those corresponding funds to bank reserves of commercial banks. What's a commercial bank? Like a Wells Fargo, a Choice Bank, or, uh, a uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, da, 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 right? The banks then increase that money supply for circulation by doing what? That's right, you guessed it, making loans. Our entire monetary system is built on the bank's ability to make loans, right? There's no new money that is created within our society that is not attached to a loan, right? Which is why when, you know, the country was struggling to uh, justify the small businesses, why they had to close, etc., and the solution to, uh, the solution to the small business issue during the COVID-19 pandemic was to create a loan program that made it easy for businesses to borrow money and and to have it forgiven, you know, by you know, i.e. the PPP program, but also to borrow money at a low cost via the the, um, the EIDL program, which was not designed, by the way, 
to distribute capital en masse to the marketplace the way in which it did, which which is why there were so many different issues and hurdles, etc., blah, 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 that uh, folks had to contend with when trying to qualify for the EIDL loan. And I'll digress, I'll digress on that, right? But when you think about it, and, and this will kind of bring home the entire season two for us, is that when you think about it, what is the, the principal way to get mass capital into society or into the marketplace um, through loans? Is it small business loans? Personal loans, auto loans, etc. Those things help, but not in a significant enough way to truly infuse capital into the marketplace, right? The number one way that the Federal Reserve infuses capital or or that banks basically uh, help the Federal Reserve to circulate capital into our marketplace is through mortgages, which is why uh, a lot of the conversation, especially as it relates to uh, interest rates, etc., has been about mortgage, is because that is the the number one product, if you will, that um, that banks and the Federal Reserve use to get capital into our marketplace. Ron, you know you've said a lot. You've gone over a lot. What's the point? Why do we care? What can we do about it now, right? Since our way of life is so ingrained in our economy as we know it. Well, there are several things that you can do. You can find a way to be semi-independent of, you know, the monetary system, the government system. There are some uh, activist uh, products that have come out, like cryptocurrencies, right? You can now buy and sell based on cryptocurrencies, which is sidebar, which is why most federal governments don't like the idea of cryptocurrencies. In fact, uh, most governments, you know, who are starting to lean towards cryptocurrencies for liquidity or cryptocurrencies as a means of of borrowing or a means of buying and selling, uh, the powers that be like the IMF and, and the Federal Reserve and these different countries, you know, they generally kick or push back against those comp- those countries, right? But again, this is not a conspiracy podcast. It's also not one of those podcasts where, um, you know, I'm trying to sway you either way. I'm just giving you the information. You do whatever you want with it, right? But there are ways to be semi-independent of the system. But I think that the number one way or the number one thing that can be done 
to uh, help you feel a little more liberated, if you will, is finding contentment, man. I mean, if I'm being honest, finding ways to be content with what you have and simplicity. You know, because, you know, we, we live in a society where there, it's, you're, you're taught to want more, always more, 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 more. Nothing is ever enough. You just got to, you got to get more, right? The problem with that is whether we know it, believe it or not, there's only a finite amount of resources natural resources especially on the planet right and the way that we consume uh, is is really causing resources to be depleted rather quickly so finding ways to be content um, and finding independence right but now that we've assimilated into this society and we've all agreed to this program I think the best thing for us to do is to do what the so called rich do and find a way to make it benefit you no excuses no woe is me because look we've we've identified in in today's episode that hey look they did it we allowed them to do it, but they did it. Now what is the is the question? Do I stick my head between my my tail between my my legs and cry about it, or do I actually say, "All right, this is the system we all agreed upon. These are the things that are before me. How can I make this?" beneficial to me. Well, folks, I hope that you have thoroughly enjoyed this season. I hope you've enjoyed our guest. I want to give a huge thank you to Roderick Jones, to Maya Jackson, to Stephanie Fulton Lott and all of our other guests who we've had on on our on this season. Um, we look forward to season three. Uh, we're going to take a two week break and then we'll be back. You will start to see the promos for different things that we've got coming up. We're going to do some more guest appearances. We're going to broaden our topics. We're going to broaden. Uh, you know, we're going to talk more about financial markets, but we're also going to talk about this everyday stuff that's affecting everyday people because that's the point of this podcast to be a voice and a bridge for people in the middle. Um, this week's stogie of the week is Davidoff limited edition 2022, man. I am excited about that cigar. Um, Hey, listen, if there's any topics that you want to, um, discuss or that you would like if you want to be a, a, a guest on the show please email ron at ronaldsims.com or visit www.moneyinthemiddle.co and a representative will reach out to you 
We thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you in Season 3.